Turn your Bibles, if you would, please, to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. I'm beginning to read in verse 3. John chapter 3, verse 3. Find it there with me, because I want you to read along with me. As I read, just follow along with me, please. Verse 3. Jesus answered, said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus says to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time in his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, You must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and where it goeth. So is every one is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, <coughs> even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. We pray for a blessing on everyone that's come today. Lord, I need a blessing from you. And everybody in here does. And Lord, we got different things in our life that we face every day. We're individuals. But God, you know every heart. You know every need. And if there's one thing I believe with all my soul, you can meet every need that we have. And so I ask you to do so today from a reading and studying and preaching of thy word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <coughs> I guess John 3.16 is the most famous verse in the Bible. I know the chapter, or the greatest chapter, or the well, most known chapter in the Bible is Psalms 23. And some of the greatest literature, period, in all the world is Psalms 23. But John 3.16, I suppose, is the most famous verse in all the Bible. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. First thing I want you to see before we get started is God gave His only begotten Son. That's very important in that verse. Jesus is the only one that qualifies for that. 
He's the only begotten Son. If you're saved today, the Bible calls me and you sons of God. But Jesus is not a Son of God. He is the Son of God. Amen. Amen. And there is salvation in none other but the Lord Jesus Christ. There are ten words in this verse that form five pairs of words. In each case, the second word comes out of the first. For instance, the first pair is God and Son. The Son came out from the Father. The second pair is loved and gave. The giving comes from the loving. A third word, world, is world and whosoever. Out of the world of people comes a group of whosoever's. The fourth pair is believeth and have. The having comes from the believing. The fifth pair is perish and everlasting. Out of the world of perishing people comes a group who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ unto everlasting life. Now, the words of this text are simple. They're significant and sure. The text speaks of lost sinners. It tells of a lifted Savior. It tells of promises of a lasting salvation. Uh, notice three all-important things that's taught here. Number one, the text speaks of lost sinners. Uh, that whosoever leaves them should not perish. Now the person who does not put his trust and faith in Christ is lost and he will perish. Now, lost is a Bible word. And I want you to get this this morning. We talk about lost sometimes, but we forget about it. That it is a Bible word. Luke chapter 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. We think of human beings as being alive. But God said that every human being that comes to this world is lost. They're lost. And uh, you get to think, I, I was reading in the paper some years past, there was a man that he bought a lottery ticket. Maybe you all remember uh, reading it in the paper. But that lottery ticket was worth $200,000. And he misplaced it. He lost it. And uh, you think about that for just a minute. Lost. I lost a lot of things in my life. I have a terrible time with my keys. I have a place in my house to go in and, and you know, a nail on the wall. I put all my keys. Uh, I had a little thing there to hold all my keys, but I broke it in half the other day, and I've been looking for my keys ever since. Uh, every time I lay them down, I can't find them. They get lost, and there's only two people in the house, and that's me and my wife, and she loses them every time for me. Uh, it's never my fault. I want you to know that right now. I can't find my keys half the time. Now, I know y'all don't have that problem, but you will. You'll get Alzheimer's one of these days, you know, like me. And uh, I can't remember anything, it seems like, where I put them. But lost, number one, don't you see this for sure, lost is a Bible word. And God lets us know that if you're without Christ today, you're lost. The person without Christ is lost from God's purpose. God created man to fellowship with Him. And every man has a capacity to love and a desire to be loved. The greatest commandment, God said in Matthew 22, verse 37, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. That's the first commandment. Thou shalt love. 
Isn't that something? That sin makes it impossible for God to fellowship with us. In Ecclesiastes, somebody asked me several years ago, what is my purpose in life? And I turned to this verse, Ecclesiastes, please, in the last chapter of Ecclesiastes, in the, just the last two verses. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Now, I want you to get this, please. Sin makes it impossible to fellowship with God. But man was created to fellowship with God. Man was created that God might love him and that he might love God. Until a person is justified by faith in Christ, he is lost to the purpose of his very existence. What in the world am I doing on the face of this earth? I was created to love God and to worship Him. Amen? And if you're lost, then you don't have the purpose that God has put you on this face of this earth too. The person without Christ is lost from God's provision. God has promised to care for His own. Psalms 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You know what that's talking about? God will take care of you. God will give you provision. God wants to take care of you. You know, I like it every time I, every time I read it and think about it. God wants to take care of me. He wants to. No one can claim the promise, I shall not want, unless he is first say, uh, the Lord is my shepherd. Uh, but the person trusting Christ as Savior can claim the promise of Philippians 4.19. But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Boy, I use that verse all the time. I say, Lord, I know you're going to take care of me. You know what? Most of us, we, we're looking for a retirement plan. We're looking for somebody we can fall back on. And one of these days I'm going to retire and I'm going to take it easy. I'm going to put money in the bank and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that because I want someone down the road down there where I'm going to be all right financially. I'll have all I need to eat. I'll have all I need to wear. I'll have everything I need in this world because I'm going to provide for it on down in. You know I never have worried about that since I found that verse. Never have. I have provided, and I have put money in the bank, and I have done things to prepare for the end, but I don't worry about it because I know my house can burn down. I know my car can quit. I know the bank can go bankrupt. I can show you to us, Reverend Brandon. It's gone completely out of business. And you think about that for just a minute. That's not what I rely on. I rely on the promise of God. I shall not want, he said. But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now let me give you something. The person without Christ is lost from His provision. A person without Christ can't claim that. A person unsaved cannot say, Lord, you got to take care of me. That's the reason that people come to me all the time and they say, I don't understand, preacher. It seems like you just have a good time in life and you just have whatever you need. Ronnie Huckabee come over to the house and said, that preacher's got two of everything in the world in his garage. And I probably have because if I look for a screwdriver for 15 minutes, I can't find it go get me nothing. I ain't going to look all day for a screwdriver. Amen? 
And, and I, I really have. I got things I don't even know where they come from. And people come up to me, unsaved people I'm talking about, come up to me, I don't understand how you're blessed all the time. I told you about a man over at our lake property. He come in and he said, Tell me about it. What's God done for you today? And I said, You ain't going to believe this when I was building my house. Yeah, I said, The plumber came in and did all our plumbing didn't charge us a thing for it. He said, I want to do something for God. Uh, bless, God bless me so much I want to do something for somebody else. He put all our plumbing in, even my wife a jacuzzi and everything else, just what she wanted. And I'm sitting down talking to this guy and I told him about it. He said, That beats anything I've ever seen in my life. That very plumber's over my house right now doing my plumbing and he's charging me $2,800. Wait a minute. He said, how come God blesses you like that all the time? He don't bless me like that. I said, you don't belong to Him. That's the problem. He can't bless you. You're not one of His children. Let me give you a little something right here. When I had my little children, when they were small, there was a man in the church caught my son doing something wrong. He took off his belt and fixing the whip, and I grabbed him by the shoulder. I said, you better not touch my son. I'll take care of my son when I get him home. Right. Amen. You take care of your own stinking son. Don't be messing with mine. Yeah. Amen. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I think that's what God is saying. That's right. I think God is saying to the unsaved world, go ask your father for help. You want some help? Get it from the devil. That's your father. The Bible says that's their father. Let him help you. Amen. But God helps his children. And God protects His children. And you know what? I love that with all my soul. God watches over and protects me. I know I would be dead and gone if God didn't take care of me all the time. It's, a, it's amazing to me how God protects me. The lost cannot claim God's provision. The person without Christ is also lost from God's protection. Romans 8.28 And we know that all things work together for good to them who love uh, God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. David said in Psalms 27 verse 5, For in time of trouble He shall hide me in His provision. Boy, I like that. In time of trouble, the lost cannot claim these promises. I can claim them. God I know when I get in trouble, you'll hide me. You'll take care of me. The devil can't get me. Amen. Oh, he's after me all the time. The Bible says that the devil is like a little fox nipping at the grapevines all the time. He's after you every day of your life. Everywhere you go, the devil's right on your heels after you. You know what I tell the devil every day of my life? Get away from here. Go home. Leave me alone. You can't have me. My father takes care of me. And you can't have me. Amen. And I believe that the person without Christ is lost from God's punishment. Sin must be paid for. And you better remember this. A just God said to Adam and Eve, Genesis 2, verse 17, For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. The Bible warns in Romans six twenty-three, For the wages of sin is death. You know what it's talking about? Sin must be punished. It must be paid for. Or else God's Word uh, would sacrifice His own justice. The payment of sin is death. 
And that death is a second death in the lake of fire according to Revelation 20 verse 14. If you die without Christ, if you die in your sin, you go into the lake of fire and the Bible makes it very plain that that's a second death. The person who goes on without Christ must pay his own sin debt. This means he will ultimately spend eternity in the lake of fire. The only way out is to trust Christ as Savior. What I'm trying to say is the person without Christ is lost from God's punishment. I'm not going through God's punishment. You know why? Because if you study the Bible rightly, you'll find out that God took all your punishment upon the cross of Calvary. Everything that sin is supposed to do to you, Jesus suffered it for you on the cross. I'm not going to have to suffer the punishment of sin. I'm lost from that. It can't touch me. Listen now. Uh, And in so doing, we accept the payment that Jesus Christ made for our sins on the cross some 2,000 years ago. First, John 3.16 speaks of lost sinners. Secondly, the text tells of a lifted Savior. John 3 verse uh, 14. I love this. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Now you don't understand that unless you go back to Numbers 21 in verse 8. You go back in the Bible and you'll find that the children of Israel was murmuring against God. And God sent a curse upon them. And he sent these poisonous serpents and biting them, and they were dying in the wilderness. And they began to moan and cry to God. And God told Moses, Moses, you lift up a serpent, a brass serpent, a brazen serpent, which speaks of the wrath of God and the punishment of God on sin. And you lift it up high and above everybody in that congregation, and you put a serpent upon that pole. And the Bible says, everybody that shall look, that's all they had to do. Just look to that pole, look to that serpent, shall not die. But the Bible says many of them died. But many didn't too. And just get this picture for just a minute. Here's all these people laying around, they've been bitten by a poison serpent. I suppose it could have been a rattlesnake or a python or, I mean, uh, whatever. Some kind of bad snake or uh, maybe a, a black widow spider. I don't know what it was, but I do know one thing. The Bible says it was bitten by poisonous something that was they were dying from, and they were laying out there dying, and God said, all you got to do is look, and here they were, and just look with me for just a minute. Here's one over here. He said, I think I'll look. I'll trust God. I'll look. Here's one over here. That didn't work. That's not going to work. You got to do something else besides just look. I mean, I think I got to wash it away by water. I mean, I got to do some kind of good work. Wait a minute, you're dying. You can't do no good work. Amen. All you got to do is look. And I want you to get this. The text talked about a lifted Savior. Just like that serpent on that pole was lifted up. Jesus, the Bible says, was lifted up on the cross. And whosoever looks upon Him for salvation shall be saved. And it's just that simple. I laughed at my brother that believes that water washes your sins away. You can't go to heaven without getting baptized. 
And he said, I can prove it by the Word of God. And I said, I can prove you don't need no water to go to heaven. And I said, he said, how are you going to do that? What are you going to do with a thief on the cross? The Bible says, this day shall thou be with me in paradise. Jesus said, he didn't get baptized. He didn't have time. Amen. And there's many instances like that in the Bible. All you got to do is look to the lifted Savior. He lifted up high above where everybody can see Him. He was lifted on a tree. He was crucified for you and I. John chapter 19. He was lifted from a tomb. Uh, from the, he rose from the grave. He was lifted to a throne. Jesus is coming back, the King of King and Lord and Lords one of these days. He is lifted up by his, uh, our tongues as we confess Him before uh, uh, the lost and dying world as our Savior. Jesus is the lifted Savior. The text promises everlasting, lasting salvation. Let me give you something. You ever deal with these people that think, well, I was saved years ago, but I lost my salvation. And I always say, I said, do you believe the Bible is the Word of God? Yes, sir. Do you believe the Bible will lie to you? God can lie to you? The Bible says He can't lie to you. The impossible for God to lie. I said, all right. Let me read you some of the God's Word right out of the Bible, all right? Romans chapter 8, and let's begin to read in verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, I don't know about you, but that's the Word of God, and that's security. Notice, he said, he goes through all these things and he wants to cover it, be sure that everybody understands everything. And he said, nothing else either. No other creature can separate me from the love of God. Amen? That's everlasting salvation. Then go back to John 3 now in verse 16, me just a minute. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I asked a man one time, I said, uh, uh, how long is everlasting? There's no end to it. Amen? That's how long I'll have eternal life then. There's no end to it. Now, here's the whole thing. Will you trust this Savior that's lifted up? If you'll trust that Savior that's lifted up, if you'll trust Christ to save your soul, the Bible says He'll do it. And He gives you every illustration of salvation you can imagine in the Bible. Did you know the ark is a type of salvation? Everybody got in that ark was saved. Amen? And you could go on and on. Uh, you remember when Abraham was sacrificing his son Isaac on the altar? And he's fixing to cut his heart out, folks, because God told him to. And he's fixing to do it. He had his son on that pile of wood. He's going to sacrifice that son. He's going to kill him. And he started with that knife down. And God said, hold it. 
And if you read the rest of the story, he said, look behind you is a ram caught in the thicket. Sacrifice him instead of your son. And if you go there on a map, you'll find out of where he was standing. If you turn around and look, he's looking to Calvary. To Calvary ahead. Abraham believed in the cross. He believed in Christ. Every picture all the way through the Bible, you'll find illustration after illustration after illustration. Illustration of Christ being lifted up. If you'll accept Him in every humility. You know why that word lifted is important? Because there's no excuse for anybody coming to Christ. You ever been down to the Gasparilla Parade? Bunch of hypocrites. You have, isn't you? I saw it. I saw it. I went once when I was a little boy. and Now we'll forget it. I couldn't see anything. Everybody in the world crowded up there. I wanted to see the floats. I wanted to see everything. I wanted to see them pirates. Man, I'm from West Florida, back in the woods. I didn't know this pirates. I wanted to see some of them. And I crowded up there, and finally I broke through the crowd, and I could see up front. I couldn't see everything. Now, you lifted them up and put them up there above the crowd. I could have seen everything. That's why Christ was lifted up. Nobody has an excuse for not seeing Him as a Savior. You take a look at the cross. You look at His beard being plucked out by the roots. You look at the crown of thorns on His head. You look at His pierced side. You look at His pierced feet. You look at all the beating with the cat of nine tails that He went through. And all the stripped flesh from His body. And there He hangs between heaven and earth. And everybody said, why in the world did this man go through this? Because he's the man Christ Jesus and is dying for the sins of the whole world, including yours. And there he is, lifted up where everybody can see him. That's why John 3.16 is so important. Jesus being lifted up as a Savior. None other, the Bible says, there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. Amen? Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, will you bless the message today?